there's a potential for Andre to be moved, no question about it. Will he help the Bruins? Absolutely. He's very mobile. He had a very good Olympics. Uh, he can handle the puck. He can really shoot it. He's had a history of shoulder problems. Uh, Peter Shirelli knows him really well because he was with the Ottawa Senators when um, Peter was an assistant uh, general manager. He played for the Vancouver Giants. And actually, if you go look at the NHL guide and record book, his first season in the NHL, he was a partner of Zidane Chara. He was 18 years of age. His plus-minus was better than Chara's his rookie year. So, yes, the answer is yes, he can help him, and the familiarity factor with Chara helps a lot, too. Well, that's the news. Andre Mazeros is heading to the Bruins in exchange for a third-round pick. Pierre Maguire was on there with Mutton Lou earlier. Also, Thomas Vanek is going to Montreal. That's the scary news. Jack mm. Edwards here to talk about all of it and more. He's brought My to man, you by Jack. Norfolk Power Equipment. Let's start with what the Bruins did. Uh, they get Mazeros. What do you think, Jack? Um, pretty good player. Significant left shoulder problems. Uh, has uh, has passed the uh, the peak of his career, but is still capable of helping the Bruins. Uh, he was a real good puck mover when he came up. Uh, very interesting uh, mix of uh, of talent and vision. Uh, has had some injury problems. Has learned to play a much tougher brand of hockey since he's played with Philadelphia, which should surprise no one because if he can survive more than six weeks on the Philly roster, you tend to. Uh, as Brick often says, uh, punched not at the guy's nose, but through the back of his head. And uh, so Mazaros has brought some toughness to his game. Uh, he'll be a decent fit. Uh, don't know if he's going to be a game changer, uh, but Peter Torelli had to do something. You know, we're not certain that this is the last thing that the Bruins have done, but uh, the, uh, the drop-off since Seidenberg, especially on the penalty kill, has been horrific for Boston. So, um, you know, the Bruins had to do something. Uh, to try to bring fresh blood into the decor. All right, Jack. So we we think that this is probably the the major move that the Bruins made at the deadline. Was there any rumor that intrigued you? Was there any name that you thought about coming to the Bruins and, and you said to yourself, "Okay, now that's a game changer," and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, sure. Uh, Which one? You know, I, if if uh, if Thomas Vanek somehow had ended up uh, being a member of the Bruins, if uh, Peter Shirelli had, had found a way to make that happen, um, that does two things for you. Uh, one is it takes uh, the number one Bruins killer in the National Hockey League uh, out of the mix for any opponent, and uh, number two, it puts him on your roster. <laughs> and uh, as it looks right now, and, and it's being reported in several places, uh, especially uh, by two Canadian networks, Thomas Vanek goes to the Montreal Canadiens. Mm. And uh, this is a guy who has, uh, if my math is right, 62 points in 53 lifetime games against the Bruins. And, uh, you know, back at the beginning of the Claude Julian era, if, if Vanek doesn't go crashing into the corner boards after a weird collision with Johnny Boychuk and uh, basically waste his ankle, um, you know, this whole trajectory through the Stanley Cup victory in 2011 may have been altered. You know, maybe the Bruins still win the Stanley Cup, but certainly it would have been an altered trajectory because Buffalo lost its very best player and its most effective player against the Bruins. And and that is part of what made him such a tasty acquisition for Montreal. Well, it looks like this is what Montreal's given up, according to Chris Johnston of Rogers uh, Sportsnet. The Habs give up a prospect, Sebastian Kohlberg, and a conditional second-round pick for Thomas Vanek. What what is the Bruins' equivalent of Kohlberg? It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter because until a guy plays in the National Hockey League, he's a prospect. Period. And and you know to get to get Vanek for for that, um, you know. And uh, also, let's remember, you know, Montreal's not going to make the lottery anytime soon. So those are, you know, the the picks 
And uh, depending on the conditions of the picks, you know, whether it turns into a first rounder based on some playoff run or something like that, you know, we're talking at best like, you know, 20, 21, 22 in the first round. And, and a prospect, you know, if the guy was that good, he'd be playing in the NHL right now. There are 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds playing in the NHL right now. So, you know, maybe the guy's got a real bright future. But, uh, you know, it sure seems as if uh, Thomas Vanek was there to be had if, if you made the significant offer. Yeah, he's but, a uh, 20-year-old kid, uh, second-round pick in 2012, plays for Frölunda in the Swedish league right now. Okay, well, you know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I've never seen him play, but uh, you know, he, he sure doesn't project as the next Peter Forsberg, as far as I can tell. You know, Jack, there are uh, lots of people, and maybe you're one of them, who think that the Western Conference is so stacked that whoever comes out of the West is going to be the favorite uh, in the in the final. So whether it's the Bruins or the Penguins or even Montreal, they've got a they've got a fight with the Western Conference team. But I'm just looking at it. Forget about the Western Conference. I look at the Bruins and the way they play Montreal. And I remember you and Brick talking about this the last time they played. It it is a very difficult it's a very difficult matchup uh for the Bruins. Uh, what what does Vanek what does Vanek do for Montreal? I mean is it just is this just a team you don't want to see if you're the Bruins? Yeah, well, you know, the Bruins penalty kill has been has been the Achilles heel of this team since Seidenberg got hurt. Um, and Vanek makes an, a, a very good power play. I think Montreal is somewhere around uh, eighth or ninth in the NHL, and uh, they're like neck and neck with Toronto, so which is another possible playoff matchup, by the way, and, and wasn't an easy out in the first round last year. Um, but uh, but but Vanek gives uh, Montreal a different dimension. It gives them a big body forward who likes to play right in front of the goal. Uh, it gives them a guy who uh, will get his stick on the puck uh, almost in any situation. Uh, he can score off the rush. He can score off the cycle. Uh, he will pay the price uh, to get a scoring opportunity. Um, not the world's greatest two-way forward, but that's not his role in Montreal. Uh, you know, it, it gives them... It gives them a, an X factor against the Bruins. And, you know, for anybody to say it's just another guy and, you know, we're just going to go out there and play our style of defense and let the chips fall where they may is ignoring history. You know, the, the guy has a pretty substantial track record and he's scoring more than a point per game against the Bruins. And if you have a chance, as Mark Bergevin, the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, to get him, man, that's a really nice acquisition for the Habs. Meanwhile, the player that the Bruins do get is Mazaros. Uh, is there a chance that he's a top four defenseman for the Bruins? Does he help the the uh, penalty kill that you just mentioned? Boy, at this at this point in his career, I'm I'm just not sure uh, if he's a top four guy. Um, he's probably going to get a pretty good look see, um, and uh, and they'll they'll see if it works out for him. Um, you know, Mazaros uh, for Philadelphia which is a team that's not exactly a great defensive team, is averaging 51 seconds of shorthanded time on ice per game. So that's not his greatest strength. He's averaging about a minute of power play time on ice per game. So he's, you know, he's a, he's a role-playing depth defenseman for the Philadelphia Flyers right now who's had some significant left shoulder injuries in his career. So, um, you know, I, I, is he a patch? Yeah, he's, he's part of the patch. But they've got to find a way to get it better and get it done better as a team. Um, you know, their, their goals against average before and after the Seidenberg injury, it's up by 
almost half a goal a game, 0.46 goals per game. Their save percentage for uh, both Tuka Rask and Chad Johnson combined is down by 0.16 per game uh, since the Seidenberg injury. The team's point percentage is down 0.081. Their uh, penalty kill went from third best in the league to second worst in in terms of percentage and third best to second worst in terms of uh, power play goals against. Um, Significant, significant issues. Montreal has improved its power play. I'm not sure if the Bruins have improved their penalty kill. Uh, Texter just wrote in and said, Peter Gammons thinks this is a minor trade, Jack. Who? Peter (laughs) (laughs) Gammons. Nice. Very nice. Well done. Well played. Uh, Let me ask you this in all seriousness. I know you love uh, defensemen. You love talking about uh, what makes defensemen special. Everyone says that the Bruins, what you just outlined, that the Bruins are a, a different team without Dennis Seidenberg. Specifically, why? What is it that Seidenberg did that maybe didn't go noticed by a lot of people that is noticeable now? Uh, strength, experience, positional awareness, a complete understanding of the system that Claude Julian wants to play. You know, Seidenberg was not a star player until he got to Boston because it's, it's one of those situations where you get a perfect fit, right? And, uh, you know, I'm sure there are references that people can make throughout uh, the sports world in, in other sports. But Seidenberg and Chara and Claude Julian's system are built for one another. Um, and, you know, the, the guy has the best feet in hockey. He manages to block shots at a ridiculous rate. Uh, he's responsible. He's smart. He rarely turns the puck over in bad places in the ice. Uh, so he's, he's, uh, he's a, a pretty close to, to total package defenseman for the back two-thirds of the ice. Um, he's, uh, he's extraordinarily reliable. And, you know, he's just, he's just a great fit and a real good fit in the room. So, you know, he, he left the hole. And uh, there isn't a Dennis Seidenberg out there. You can't just go acquire a guy like that. Um, so maybe Mataros was just the best thing that was available for the prices that were being asked. And, and I like that they did something. I mean, look, I'd rather have Mazaros than not have Mazaros, right? I mean, yeah. you, know, you needed to make a deal similar to the Wade Redden deal a year ago, and this is probably, you know, he's better than Redden was when they picked him up last year. So from that perspective, I don't see any reason not to like it. But there's a texter here who a few times has written the word underwhelming, and I think that's probably appropriate. You know, we, we talked about Seidenberg when that injury first happened, Jack, and wondered whether or not he was he was part of the core and at the time, I wasn't sure. I, you know, I didn't know whether he was truly great or whether the system took a pretty good player and elevated him into looking like a great one. I don't know that yeah. Mazeros can become that, but can Clo- how much can Claude's system help someone like Mazeros? Well, we're not going to know until he, he does try to fit in. Um, some guys get it, some guys don't. Um, you know, there's there have been a few guys who've come through Boston. They thought Joe Corvo was going to help the power play. He was a complete disaster. Uh, they thought Greg Zanin was going to be able to be a, an effective depth defenseman, and he was uh, okay, but probably got a C minus in terms of how much they thought he was going to be able to contribute. Uh, I, I am all but certain that they must have talked to uh, Zdeno Chara. Uh, not only did Shirelli watch Mazaros play for Slovakia over at uh, the Sochi Olympic Winter Games, but uh, Chara has been his uh, defensive pair and teammate. Uh, several times for uh, the Slovakian national team. So um, I'm pretty sure they must have consulted with Char to say, you know, does this guy still have it? Can he fit? Um, so they, it's probably the best they could have done uh, to try to patch up the D. By the way, I'm, I'm just looking at a, uh, 
a report from uh, Sportsnet in Canada that says uh, Jarl Halak uh, has been traded to the uh, Washington Caps. So he might be uh, Braden Holpe's backup tomorrow night at the Garden. You know, Jack asked They, they for, got better, too, yeah, by the way. There's another team. Well, Washington did. Uh, um, I mean, you look at, I mean, obviously, Montreal did. Yeah. Uh, you, the Rangers. I mean, I mean, the Rangers got better, too, didn't they? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the Rangers got better short-term. Uh, Long-term, we're just going to have to be patient on that one. Uh, I was a little surprised that it got so bitter in Tampa Bay. It must have, uh, between Marty St. Louis and Steve Eiserman. Uh, and, you know, Eiserman's role in Team Canada for the Olympics and and uh, how long it took for St. Louis to get on that roster and then only because Stamkos couldn't go. And they just waited and waited and waited until the very last possible moment. Um, and it's not as if, you know, all reports are that Marty St. Louis was a, a great teammate uh, for everybody on Team Canada over in Sochi. And obviously what he's done on the ice this year for Tampa Bay has been tremendous. Um, Callahan is the kind of guy who's a grinder, uh, a leader by example, uh, plays unbelievably hard, as we all saw in the Rangers series when he was hurt. I mean, this is a guy who played injured last spring. But uh, when you give up Marty St. Louis, Callahan's skill set is different and much more defensive-oriented. Maybe that's what Tampa Bay needs because they've got the only penalty kill that's worse than the Bruins. But it's, it's hard to see one forward changing the look of an entire team's penalty kill. I, I, I think at first blush, at least, it looks as if Tampa Bay gives up more than it gets back right away. Well, sometimes organizations say, well, it takes a year or two to evaluate a trade. Fans say it takes about a minute or two. And i got to tell you, the instant analysis uh, for this among Bruins fans, uh, based on our AT&T text line, is not good. People are really bummed that Montreal didn't have to give up much for Thomas Vanek. They got him, and the Bruins wound up with with Mazaros. I mean, can you see why, if you put it side-by-side side on a split screen, can you see why people are, are a little ticked off, or some people are a little ticked off about this trade? Totally, totally, yes. I, I, I totally understand that. And there's got to be some frustration there, and especially when you see that Montreal did not have to give up a roster player and that the Bruins are, are reasonably deep in Providence and, you know, picks are picks. You know, it's just potential until the guy actually blossoms into being a National Hockey League player. I mean, imagine having to conduct the NFL draft when the guys are coming out of high school. That's what it is in the NHL. You know, I, I mean, you know, I, I want you to pick uh, the guy who in 2018 is going to be the number one uh, draft choice in the National Football League based on what you know now out of high schoolers. I mean, that's, that's what the NHL entry draft is, and that's why so many guys who seem to have such promise end up being, yeah, okay, but not great. And so many guys that you just didn't even know about come out of the third round and they're terrific players. So, uh, you know, I, I, if, you, if you have a choice between a pick and an established player, you know what the player can do. The pick is just a pick. How would it have worked? Let's say the Bruins have been able to put together a, a little bit better package for Vanek. How would he have fit onto the roster? What, what, would the, what would you have had to do to the lines in order to fit him in? Well, you know, he's, he's a winger who scores. And those guys tend to find homes pretty quickly. <laughs> you could put him anywhere in the top three lines on, any, on either side of anyone. But, you know, I, I, I would think that uh, mostly what it does is it puts, uh, you know, who do you give up to get him? You know, do you, do you wheel Louis Erickson to get him or something? And you just plug him right into Erickson's spot or, or what do you do? But, you know, 
dangerous player, and uh, I, he he would fit just about anywhere in the top three lines. And you know, obviously, a guy like that, he's a he's a top six type of forward. It gives you incredible scoring depth if you're able to pull that off. But you can't because he's a Montreal Canadian now. <laughs> All right, well, there's Jack Edwards. Uh, you can find him, of course, on Twitter, at RealJackEdwards, and he's brought to you by Norfolk Power Equipment. Jack, there you go. The trade deadline is come and gone. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, boys. All right, there you All go. Right. Underwhelming, yeah. I think, is a really good word for it. The Bruins didn't do as much as other teams around them did. I think Washington did a lot more to get better, and that's a team that you looked bad against last week. And I think Montreal obviously did a whole lot in order to get better. Pittsburgh, not so much, but they're ahead of you right now in the standings. Well, I think you asked a question earlier, Mike, and I think you're getting the answer so far on the text line. You said, how are you going to feel if the Bruins don't make a trade? Well, let's just remix that a bit. The Bruins made a trade, but it's a trade that it doesn't sound like anybody's uh, – uh, fired up about it, well, you know, it would have been okay. It would have been okay if that had been the deal and Thomas Vanek had stayed in New York. But you you hear about this deal, and a few minutes later, oh, wait a minute, Thomas Vanek has been traded. Lots of teams rumored. Oh, Montreal. And we said it yesterday. He's going Remember to Remember we Montreal? talked about it yesterday? Imagine if Vanek goes to Montreal. For we that? said it yesterday. For, For nothing. That? For a guy that I'm reading reports of hasn't gotten any better in two years playing in Sweden. So great. Garth Snow, GM of the Islanders, identifies some stiff that he wants who's playing in Sweden. And so the Montreal Canadiens now have Thomas Vanek and the Bruins have Andre Mazzaro. 617-779-7937. Sulkin Holly, W-E-E-I.